How many more have to die before Ontario acts? How many more people will we have to lose before we change how we deal with opioids? A new report from Ontario Drug Policy Research Network at St. Michael's Hospital confirms what frontline workers have been warning of since this pandemic began. The report confirms that opioid-related deaths have surged in this province, and it really kicked up after the pandemic hit in 2020. More than 2,000 people died of opioid-related deaths between March and December of 2020, and researchers say the surge is due to an unregulated drug supply that's increasingly toxic, plus limited access to supports, health care services, community programs. What's also at play here? Financial supports from the federal government also contributing. There is cash out there, and the streets are awash with drugs. And the kinds of drugs out there are changing. For many, it starts with prescription drugs. Prescription drugs like OxyContin. In his terrific new book, Empire of Pain, Patrick Radden Keefe details how Purdue Pharma, the makers of Oxy, knew it was being abused as a street drug. And when Purdue Pharma finally introduced a tamper proof version of Oxy, Mexican cartels moved in to fill the void. Here's what Radden Keefe told me in a recent interview. At that point, you have this, this very large number of people, this market that exists. And the very entrepreneurial uh, Mexican drug cartels were happy to satisfy that market with heroin, which was cheaper uh, and often more available as it got harder to access prescription drugs. Uh, you know, heroin was there. So I've interviewed people who would, you know, talk about going to their OxyContin dealer and the dealer says, I don't have any Oxy today, but I can, could I interest you in a bag of heroin? That is Patrick Redden Keefe, and you can listen to that entire interview as part of our podcast series. Just uh, enter Alan Carter program into the old Google search. It comes up uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Patrick Redden Keefe and his new book, Empire of Pain. But So that gets us to a situation where the streets are now flooded with heroin. But since 2016, there has been another massive shift towards fentanyl, which, of course, is a synthetic opioid. And increasingly, a trend that fentanyl is being mis- mixed with other sedatives, such, such as benzo- benzodiazepines, pardon me, as I, as I blow that one. To get more uh, and better pronunciation uh, understanding of what's in this report, I am pleased to welcome to the program Taryn Greider, who is a professor of psychology at the University of Toronto. Welcome. Thank you. Tell me, what's your top line takeaway from this report? I think the effects of the pandemic in terms of, you know, the social isolation, uh, I was reading about another part of the report about how the levels of overdose in homeless people have more than doubled. So they account for quite a large number of that over 2,000 deaths. Um, and you know the the difference during the pandemic was that you know the support that we were trying to provide in terms of giving them hotel rooms and letting them stay at inns and and so on instead of shelters, it actually drove further isolation, and they a lot of deaths happened with people alone in hotel rooms. So it really speaks to needing appropriate support. Not just any support, but like appropriate supports for them 
um, and you know, safe injection sites where you know someone will notice if they're accidentally overdosing. Yeah, I, that struck me too. The number of people who died alone. Yes. Um, it, it, the the other th- that um, thing that jumped out at me was the number of unemployed. That that was the yeah. the, the largest group of um, opioid right. related deaths. Exactly. Yeah, people going and and they're very stressed. They you know are feeling hopeless. They you know are trying to self medicate those feelings. Um, and I say a lot of those overdoses probably were accidental. I mean, not all of them, of course, but. You know the you know the psychological suffering that they're going through. They're trying to medicate that, you know, as well. And and then for the employed, the, this jumped out at me as well. About one third of opioid related deaths for those who were employed occurred among people in the construction industry. Does that relate to um, the abuse of prescription drugs? It might. Uh, it definitely seems there's something to do with the kind of culture around, you know, working in construction um, and and substance use, it might be something that is very popular with them to, you know, and, and it's a very physically demanding job um, a, a lot of times. So to use, you know, painkillers and then just as um, you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the transition from painkillers to, you know, something much stronger, it, it just seems to happen for a lot of people. I personally know a few people who that's their story. Their story is th- they start with a prescription painkiller. Right. Yeah, Oxycontin. Yeah. yeah, they were using Oxycontin, and then one day, you know, they're the person they were going to, they didn't have any, and they offered them something stronger. And then it started a really big downward spiral. And and where are we in the the mix of drugs now? Because we we are seeing fentanyl now. I've I've heard right. reports from users that say that finding heroin is almost impossible. Right. Yes. And then when you get you know these stronger drugs, the the dealers they don't want to kill their customers. They're you know cutting them down with lots of other things, and the drugs are just so impure. So they are ending up killing them, but. You know, it's because of these impure drugs that are being taken. Um, and you never, you know, a person taking drugs, they never really know what they're going to get right now. And tell me about this trend of mixing fentanyl with a sedative. Yeah, so benzodiazepines are very similar in their effects on the body as opioids um, and as alcohol. So they're depressants. Right. So mixing them, you know, it, it and, and benzodiazepines, unfortunately, are, are quite easily prescribed um, and a bit over prescribed. So they're somewhat easier uh, to get, especially right now. And there has been mixing and you're mixing two depressants. You can't just think that they're going to act the same as if you were just using one. Often the effects are synergistic. So they're, you know, not just additive, they're multiplying. So, you know, they're depressing the brain, they're depressing the respiratory center of the brain, and the person stops breathing. I'm speaking with Taryn Greider, who is a professor of psychology at U of T. Uh, it's a complicated issue, but if you could give me from your perspective what it is that the government needs to do, what is it that we need to do to begin addressing this? 
It's, uh, I have somewhat of an unpopular opinion in the sense that I think we should look at other countries who have done really well at managing this problem. Uh, the one that always comes to mind for me is Portugal. They decriminalized all drugs. And they, when a person went to get drugs, they would give them pure drugs. They knew what they were getting, and they would also give them support. They'd give them a safe injection site. They'd hook them up with job searches. They'd hook them up with uh, psychotherapy. So Portugal decreased their opioid um, addiction rates so much that they're right at like the bottom now, and they used to be the top. You know, so what they did worked and it, it was a big drastic measure um but you know, that seems to be the best solution because what we're doing is clearly not working you can i can already hear uh the opposition to that you know yeah. free drugs i can i can already yeah. hear it. it yeah but if we think about the cost effectiveness the return on this investment will save so much money in healthcare and in legal, you know, fees and and just all kinds of, you know, but like there will be more people employed. Unemployment will be much lower. They would, you know, it, part of the program was giving uh, the government paying part of people's salary that were hired on or hourly wage. Um, the long term changes are what we need to focus on. Yes, it seems like, oh, we're just giving people free drugs, but it's preventing death. It's, pre it's decreasing unemployment. It's de it would actually, in the long run, decrease substance abuse rates. Tarrant, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. I very much appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is Taryn Greider, who is professor of psychology at the University of Toronto.